and Brit, Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit program, podcast, show, extravaganza, thing, something, abortion. Call it anything. We don't abortion. <laughs> Still legal. <laughs> so I, uh, uh, I, I ran into one of our uh, longtime most annoying stories after the uh, Super Bowl. Oh, what's that? Uh, the ratings. Ratings oh, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, they were they were they were really good. They got a lot of people watching. Most in in seven years, so it's back to pre-Trump era viewing levels. Even though he tried to destroy the NFL, people for some reason they didn't realize they weren't supposed to watch it, and they fell for it. So mm. uh, good, good for the Super Bowl, and and uh, all this grousing and complaining about the halftime show and. You know where where we watch it together, Britt, you and I, and, and, and Pete and Jim. You know, we're we're kind of watching the halftime show, but we're not really. No, we're not really tuned into it, and and we can prove that because we did miss the Janet Jackson exposed tit moment twenty years ago. We we, we we right, we didn't see it, but we you know, we just found out about it later. So we we just and, and uh, you know people. You read this. Oh, but bring back blah, blah. It was so much better. All right. So I have the list, the entire list of every Super Bowl halftime show that's that's ever gone on. And the first thing that uh, the old farts would bring back up with people, up with people. Okay. What was that, like 89? Or when was up with people? Not quite that that uh, recent. Um up with people. Ninety four was no. Oh, oh, here is nineteen eighty. Oh, a okay. salute, a salute to the big band era with up with people and the Grambling State University marching band. So, so don't, don't worry. The NFL was still pandering to the uh, <laughs> to their to their racist by throwing the Grambling band in there along with the whitest thing ever up with people so you got sort of a uh, an off-white or a, a light chocolate milkshake there for that halftime uh, we'll let legendary grambling coach eddie robinson even toss the coin okay how's that sound guys you're good with that everybody okay and with make, that? make sure he doesn't walk off with it yeah that's it somebody check him frisk him before he gets to the side all right so now this one i did not know in 1967 at the first super bowl the halftime was the Three Stooges, the University of Arizona, and that's right, the Grambling State University marching bands. And, of course, my big question was, with Three Stooges, was that with Curly Joe or Joe Besser? Because, of course, Shemp yeah. and Curly Howard were long dead by 1967. Not the original lineup, I'm sure. Couldn't right, be. so if it was Joe Besser, I mean, that didn't yeah, count. Then that. in 68, in Grambling... They got it all themselves. Um, and then in 69, the Florida A&M. Now, oh, do you see a trend here? The Florida yeah. A&M band. Well, to be honest, I mean, the HBCU marching bands put on a much better show. If it would have just been that over yes, the Yes, they do. Holy yes, shit. They do. I mean, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Well, uh, if they could do it now the way they, they would want to, they want to do it with uh, – what's that What's that stupid-ass uh, – the Hillsdale <laughs> – 
marching. Do they have a marching band? Yeah, no, the marching Christians. Band. Yeah, that's what they right. are. Hills do. Right. All right. Now, here's a good in 1970. This is a good one. It was a tribute. They must obviously the Super Bowl must have been in New Orleans that year. Tribute to Mardi Gras with Doc Severinsen, Al Hurt, Lionel Hampton, and the Southern wow. University marching band. I kind of like that. As part kinda of that, like they, they also had people mimicking pissing and vomiting in the streets as part of their salute to Mardi Gras. It was great. They weren't mimicking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. S- 73 happiness is was the theme of the show with the university of michigan marching band woody herman and andy williams Ooh, Ooh that's strong how'd they book that uh, yeah uh marty Gras. that's just fine all right 1982 salute to the 60s in motown and up with people <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's up with that? I'm thinking the, the uh, Motown thing is going to be a little too black, Jim. Can we get somebody to whiten that out? Uh, how about up with yeah. people? Yes, yes. Uh, Welcome. Well, you, you'll like this one. In '87, a salute to Hollywood's hundredth anniversary with George Burns, Mickey Rooney, and the Grambling State University and USC. I assume that's Southern California marching bands. Uh, God Almighty. Uh, uh, 1991 small world tribute to 25 years of the Super Bowl performed by New Kids on the Block. New that Kids was... on the Block in '91. They kicked it up there, right? '93 uh, was the Michael Jackson thing. Oh. We're getting a little closer now. Diana Ross in '96. The Blues Brothers Bash. Do you remember this one in '97? God no. With Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and James Belushi, of course, James Jim Brown, Belushi, yeah, yeah, Jim yeah, James Brown, and, and, and ZZ Top, also ZZ Top. You know that fuck Jim Belushi wormed himself into a Blues Brothers movie, Blues Brothers Two Thousand. Mm-hmm. Like anybody wanted to see him do anything? Jesus. All right, here we go. Now we're we're into the last. Uh, uh, we're into this century, two thousand. A tapestry of nations with Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, and Enrique. Iglesias and Tony Braxton. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they spread it around the next year. The Kings of Pop and Rock, Aerosmith, Insync, Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, whatever happened to her, and Nelly. <laughs> you see what I did there? This is her yeah. second time. So she's done this a couple of yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, in 2002, which uh, came right after September 11th, that was the U2 tribute to September 11th, U2. It was uh, pretty touching as he's got the lining of his coat as an American flag. Uh, yeah. And he opens that up uh, as a climax there. 2003, Shania Twain, no doubt, and Sting. Sting. That one I right, that, remember. In 2004, We Were Asleep, Janet Jackson, Kid Rock, yeah. P. Diddy, Jessica Simpson, Nelly and Justin Timberlake. Along with uh, some marching bands, Rolling directly, Stones in 06. Directly, the, the Janet Jackson t- directly sold a shit ton of TiVos. That's not even like an urban legend. It, show, it's, yeah. it sold a shit ton of TiVos. I still have mine from that. <laughs> uh, in 05, Paul McCartney. In 06, the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Uh, in 07 was Prince. 08, that Tom Petty. Yeah. 09, Bruce Springsteen. In 2010, The Who. Yeah, no. Now we're into the uh, uh, 20... The teens. Uh, teens. Black Eyed Peas, Usher, and Slash in 11. Of course. Uh, 12, Madonna, LMFAO, LaMafio. Well, who are those people? Uh, 
Party Rock. Big hit Party right. Rock. Nicki Minaj, MIA, and CeeLo Green. Is that how long Nicki Minaj has been around? That's crazy. 2013, Beyonce and Destiny's Child. 2014, Bruno Mars, Red Hot, Chile Peppers. In 15, it was Katy Perry, Lenny Kravitz, Missy Elliott, the Arizona State University marching band. Of course, the marching Sun Six, Devils. 16, Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno Mars, University of California. Bruno Mars seventeen. Right. Lady Gaga in 2017. Yeah. 2018, Justin Timberlake. 19, Maroon 5 with Big yeah. Boy and yeah. Travis Scott. 2020 was Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Last year was the weekend, and we uh, get to this year, and so that that's the that's the whole history. But they're not able to whip up a lot of outrage on this one, are they? The one this year, I mean, they've tried, but they're not able to. It's a failure to launch, really, on this one. Well, um, if if you're if you're going to complain about it, the the way I think you should complain about it is that it was. uh, just such a pander. I mean, the problem with the NFL isn't that there aren't enough black people on the halftime show. The problem with the NFL is the way uh, coaches have no ability to get hired as head coaches. Yeah. And that black people who play football going back for a hundred years are treated like shit and they don't get the medical care they deserve. And they're treated like crap when they retire and they don't get benefits. It isn't, you know, how can we start? And, and so it was window dressing. If, if you want to criticize it, criticize it for the, the gaslight that it was. But in terms of its execution, the way they did it was fine. But I'm just saying you you didn't fool nobody with that one. Okay. No, yeah, sort of, I, I thought Bobani, Bobani Jones, who used to be with ESPN, you may have seen the clip on Mediate when he's on the, the Joy Reid experience. And he's like, why why do we give people like Charlie Kirk this kind of cachet. Why do we give them sort of like all the, their, their job, people like this asshole, all they do is like find something that's really good that people enjoy and find something to hate about it. Go. And that's what he does. And then you're, again, you're supposed to go on a cable TV show and you're supposed to have a round table discussion. About, I don't know. Is he right? Was it way too sexual and terrible for America? He might have a point. This may need to be censored from American eyes and ears. So I thought that was really good. They don't really have any point. They didn't really have any point six years ago, whenever I can't remember when you did the Beyonce thing, when she supposedly was awful toward law enforcement and all that shit. You know, I, I, they, they never really have a point about this, except when Janet Jackson's tit flew out and then they overplay their hand. I don't think it, it doesn't matter that they don't have a point. It's part of the larger culture war yeah this is a land meme it's just think, that's, that's all think, it is i don't think this one lands i don't think this one even has this one's a failure of course watch, it, it never it, it never really does but it, it if you burrow in deep down into what a lot of people think is wrong with america they can't quite tell you all the time what it is but but this is this is part of it you know this is this is just part of it why why can't we have and I, I do notice this, a, a distinct lack of country artists ever. Have had, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, who does the uh, the opening on uh, Sunday Night Football, right? Isn't that, uh, what's her name, Carrie Underwood? Carrie Underwood, yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, and, and Faith Hill sang Before for that. forever on, on the – so uh, I'm, I'm – 
So you're looking for maybe the next time that happens next season, it should be like Doge Cat or maybe somebody like Megan the Stallion. You think maybe I don't even know what that is. I don't know what Doge is. That a crypto? Is that is that a is that a crypto? What is Doge Cat? Doge Cat is an African American. (laughs) I was trying to do. I was trying to do a Hank Kingsley. Uh, Elton John is. Again. Now wait on, on Dancing with the Stars. They did have that black guy who's the country singer who's fantastic. I can't remember his name. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Um. So he would he would he would actually expand the demographic because that I mean that's it, it, like a, a Charlie Pride. Okay. Which who, was which no, was more which was more pandering? What you saw at the halftime or what they did at that NASCAR race in L.A. a couple of weeks ago when your entertainment was Dr. Dre's N.W.A. Uh, bandmate Ice Cube. And the yeah. great kid bull from the 305 area code. That's that, that's okay. I mean, you got to think of the demographics of LA, but you know, the Super Bowl is the whole country. So, uh, uh, but but here's the the bottom the bottom line is, we all watched it, and for the most part, uh, we all enjoyed it, and so we can we can now just move on and just agonize over that upcoming draft. Oh boy, we're just gonna. No, we're not. No, only, we only twelve weeks to the draft, man. Get ready. My draft party is gonna be lit this year. Why do you see the wings I get for that, Brad? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let me get, let me throw some other things at you here. Take it. Take your choice. Uh, accountants to Trump, you're fired. The devil made me not get a vaccine. Oh. Or TMZ, more than just a sleazy, annoying piece of tabloid trash, it can win you a gold medal. Let's do, let's do Trump and the accountants because I'm very uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by this particular story. Yeah, yeah. You know we've uh, we've actually had the same accountant for gosh, it's it's definitely over more than 25 years. He's great. He's great, and he's just retiring. This is this is a sign that you're old when when professionals that you've worked with they get so old that they start retiring on you. Okay, and of course we never get any older, but professionals start retiring on you, know, doctors and and yeah. lawyers, in this case, are accountants. And he's stepping aside, and he's uh, he's letting his uh, assistant, Conan, step in there and, and do things with us. But he, he's great, and uh, uh, that has nothing to do with the fact that uh, Donald Trump has been working, and I guess the whole family, I'm sure they all have their taxes done together, right? Oh, I with hope this, so. Right, with this uh, accounting firm uh, called uh, Mazars USA, and um, let's go back and look at the Godfather in the Godfather. Who was the most loyal person to the family? It was the lawyer, Tom Hagen, right? Tom Hagen. He knew, he knew everything. He knew what he was doing. He knew who he was working for. He was well compensated and you could always count on him. The last thing Tom Hagen would have ever done they could do Godfather five, six, seven, eight, and nine. He would never walk out on the family, right? There's just no way. You don't fire the Corleones. And now, in this strangely case, enough, my, strangely enough, Duvall didn't do Godfather three because he did Days of Thunder. He got paid more for that one. Strangely right, enough, that, that that would be the actor, not the, the character. Actor, not the character. Okay. The, char- the fake Thank character you. didn't exist. Was very right. loyal, very loyal right. to the family. Right, right. So now, in real life, uh, mob boss Donald Trump, who operates in the business world, exactly like a mafia don, like a member of the Gambino crime family. He doesn't 
He doesn't write things down. He doesn't use email. He doesn't text. He doesn't do all the modern things that he thinks will allow him to never leave any kind of physical trail so that. What? Brad, do you remember that scene in The Godfather when Don Corleone was flushing shit down the toilet so that they, the feds wouldn't find it? That I do. That I do. The worst part is he made Fredo take it out in a trash can, and Fredo couldn't even figure out how to light it on fire. So he had to bring it back in, and then Don Corleone flushed it down the toilet. Okay? You remember that? Don Corleone Fredo was couldn't enjoying- do anything like Don Corleone was enjoying some bolognese, and then he would just mix some paper in there, too, to eat it so that the feds would yeah. not be able to find the information. Right, right. Oh, and by the way, I do I do have an actual tip on this. I, I got this from, from my wife because uh, she has medical records, and sometimes they get so old, they're useless, you don't need them anymore. And so how do you get rid of them? You know, you obviously can shred them. That's that's the correct way to do it. Sure. But if you, don't want, if you don't want to shred them, the best thing to do is – you know, you can rip them up into a couple pieces. And when you have them in a trash bag, take coffee grounds, wet coffee grounds, yeah. and put them in there and yeah. mix it around. And know. you will have essentially destroyed what you've got there. Um, that's that's my tip for the day. Anyway, so um, to get fired, to get separated from your accountant by the accountant, when the accountant, like Tom Hagen in The Godfather, they knew what they were doing. They knew who they were dealing with. They were in on it, and they're claiming now that they just can't vouch for the last 10 years at least of all the uh, facts and figures and tax calculations that they did on behalf of Donald Trump. They just don't trust him anymore, which is a laugh. They're obviously trying to protect their ass, right? They're, this is all about them. It isn't about Trump. They're trying to distance themselves from him. So I think it's probably too late for that firm. I wouldn't uh, do any work with them if you're looking for an accountant in the New York area. I don't think they're going to be around long. They could. Uh, wouldn't that be ironic if, if the accountants ended up in jail and, 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 and Trump skated? That would be unbelievable. One of, one of his old biographers um, said, good luck refinancing all your old debt now that your accounting firm is like taking the, taking the A train, gotten out of town, right? Right. Well, George Conway, of course, married to uh, Kellyanne Conway, he says for any business, including a privately held one that has outside financing or investors, having your financial statements, let alone 10 years worth, pulled by your accountants is just about the most calamitous thing that could happen to it other than perhaps being indicted. This is worse for him than getting impeached twice. Well, we'll see. Uh, the uh, CNN analyst and uh, former uh, prosecutor and attorney Harry Littman says this is not going to cause the Trump organization to have to file bankruptcy, but it's not something you want to it's not something you want to go for. And I don't know whether having to automatically declare bankruptcy has to be the measure of what this this should do. But it uh, it, it pushes it along. And I saw that uh, Eric Trump oh, went on the offense just like just like daddy and says, we're going to go to court on Thursday and go after that attorney general, you know, that black woman attorney general who's harassing us. She's got nothing on it. It's, it's the same script. It's just a, a, a different episode over and over again, right? And by, by harassing, you mean kicking your ass through legal means? Is that, is that what yeah. the term harass now means? Yeah, yeah. So well, when you have a media uh, professional like Eric Trump communicating the message effectively, you can't lose. I mean, that's a yeah. win all the way around. 
Yeah. All right. Um, and of course, uh, we only wish the best for the Trump family. We'd hate to see anything bad happen to them because because they're uh, you know it's funny. Um, we uh, our accountant does our daughter's taxes. You know, she doesn't live here anymore, but but it's just one of those things. You know, she they were doing the taxes for her one, you know, ten years ago when she was living at home and doing summer. Okay, just keep doing it. So sure. we keep doing it. So if 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 we do anything dishonest, you know, our daughter's going up the river too with us. If uh, yeah. we get caught, right? Take it's all down, the same. Brad. Take yeah, same her thing. Down. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. All right. Uh, the job. devil made me not get a vaccine. Or TMZ, more than just a sleazy, annoying piece of tabloid trash. Let's do the devil uh, made me not get a vaccine. I'm very interested in where this story is going to go. All right, let's uh, let's track this one down. Uh, there it is. What did I do with it? There it is. There it is. There we and it's not really new, but apparently it's really accelerated recently for unvaccinated people to uh, pull out to try to get out of uh, getting vaccinated because and and we've we've uh, mentioned this in other ways that it seems almost beyond belief that when the vaccine first was made available most intelligent people were tripping over themselves trying to figure out how to do it right so here we are mm. more than a year later and we have the opposite of that we have people tripping over themselves trying to figure out ways how to not how to not get vaccinated and i guess that um people are pulling religious exemptions out of their ass they're finding religion now in ways that you have no idea this this is what you do this is how you get out of it and uh you know how often that works not always that often um and it really shouldn't because they they try to quote Bible passages. They do the mark of the beast thing. <laughs> they go everywhere. And I I told you, you know, a couple months ago when I had a guy here doing my, you know, cleaning off my driveway and 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 this, you know, my my windows and shit, and he was unvaccinated. I started talking to him and he went there. He went to the mark of the beast on mm. me. He says, I'm not getting it because of that. At that point, I, I didn't have much of an answer or, or response to him, but it's a real yeah. thing. It well, you a wouldn't real under, thing. You wouldn't understand, Jew. That's in the New Testament. You wouldn't get that. That's, of course I, I, I would the, the Bible can be used in many ways to misconstrue and represent just about anything. You can pull anything out of context, but the book of the Revelation is just rife with this shit because it's a fever dream. It's an acid trip, so you can pull almost anything out of there to illustrate whatever point you want to. That Bill Bill Gates is the Antichrist. I mean, you can you can do almost anything that you want to with the Book of the Revelation. Yeah. All right. Well, with that in mind, uh, uh, and you know, when I read something and I want to book it or send, I'll email it to myself, and just so you know, I was working on the at five fourteen this morning. Okay. Jeez. Um, <laughs> Because uh, the article is from uh, this week's edition, or I guess it's part of the daily edition of The Atlantic, and it's titled The COVID Strategy That America Hasn't Really Tried Yet. And you go, what's that all about? And uh, she goes through these statistics uh, relating to the fact that 
if we would just get all the old people vaccinated, the numbers would look sterling. Wow. It would be sterling. And now, see, here's the problem. You think, and I think, and we're under the impression that most people over 65, just about all of them, they're vaccinated, right? They're good, right? They're good. I, I thought so. I thought it that, was a very high percentage. Thought. All right, here we go. The answer is if uh, 15 to 20% of them are not, they are the huge majority of people who are still being hospitalized and who are right. still dying. And at this moment, compared with in their 20s, a person over 65 is not slightly more likely to die of COVID, but at least 65 times more likely to die of COVID. Over 75, you are 140 times more likely to die over 85, 340 times more likely to die. In other words, the number one risk factor for getting COVID and dying is still being old. And if you're vaccinated and you're that age, and by the way, I am vaccinated and I am that age, mm. I'm still about four times more likely to die than someone younger. But I'd rather be just four times than 140 or 340 times. This is all a game of numbers. It is all a game of numbers. Um, if if you're unvaccinated and, and you're old, you are really you're really playing Russian roulette with your own life. And I think what happened was the article points, we kind of stopped going after the old people, right? Because it was thought that, well, that, remember they were first, they were the first ones in. Yeah. So they took advantage of it. But, but right now in 2022, so what are we six weeks into the year? Yeah. Three quarters of all the people who have died of COVID in 2022 are people 65 and older. I'm, I'm very surprised by that statistic. I mean, I'm very surprised that more senior citizens have not gotten the thing. That, that, that does blow my mind. But, but and, and you know what? Uh, let's look at the coverage that you get on this. When you see a story on TV about someone in the hospital or dying of COVID, are they ever an old person? Hardly ever. The media hate to play the use the word of the media but they're always fine you know this is you know this guy's a husband he's got young kids and a wife and he's dying and he didn't get the vaccine and so that's it's tragic it's terrible if you're stupid he didn't do it but statistically the united states of course is so far behind so much of the rest of the world certainly the developed world the rich world and we're even worse with our old people getting vaccinated. Other countries in Europe, way ahead of us. So when you think this is a solution that is right there, again, it's right in front of us, but we're not going to take advantage of it because we're sitting there fighting over masks and, 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 and people with oh. trucks blocking bridges yeah. who, who don't want to be told that they need to get vaccinated, okay? When, when the fact is that, you know, this is what's really going on. And and most of those people, they're not likely to get COVID and they're not likely to die, but they're way more likely to do so if they remain unvaccinated, but not nearly as much as older people who are ripe fruit right there for it. And since most old people have Medicare, the government could reach out to them very, very easily. 
Yeah. They don't have to. They don't have to make uh, uh, cold calls and try to trick them. <laughs> you already get your. You already get your Medicare bills, and you get your. That's your kind shit of a, them in the mail all the time. That's kind of a failure all the way down. I think when we look back on this thing, we're going to see a lot of health departments across America that did really heroic work in getting the vaccine into people's arms who weren't fighting it. But it seems here a lot of health departments, and even on up to the federal government, they've kind of not emphasized this in the way that they should have. So that it seems uh, like wait, a failure all the way down. It, it is, but wait, there's more. Uh, the third shot, the booster, the last one, we're also sucking wind on that one. And of course, as you might guess, that third shot really, really makes a big difference. And it makes even more of a big difference in, that's right, old people. So uh, my, my <laughs> so. mother, who falls into this demographic category, of course, she got the first two. She did not get the booster. She had to. Uh, she should. Uh, a bad reaction to the second one and had headaches for a while. And so she's not decided not to. And she's talked with uh, her doctor and stuff about this. Now my stepfather also in the demographic did get the shot. So we just took mom and we bopped her over the head one day, knocked her out and just took her down to the health department and got her the shot. Uh, we just said enough is enough. Uh, it's time for you to go ahead and get this thing in your arm. So it was for, good for our you. Own good really. Yeah. We, we, it, sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you just got to bop somebody in the head and get them on down to the health department. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so then there's that one. All right. Uh, TMZ, more than just a sleazy, annoying piece of tabloid trash. How about that Harvey Levin? It can win you a gold medal. That's the name, of course, of the drug that uh, the uh, little young Russian skater has been taking. That's the shorthand for it. It's called uh, trimetazidine, trimetazidine. It is not available in the United States. It is a uh, heart drug. Uh, we don't sell it here. It's not available here. And um, the decision that they made over there, of course, is just beyond absurd. And uh, we now have a brand new addition to a list of things that you never thought needed any add-ons these are excuses for why i didn't do my homework okay you know uh the dog bit me the dog ate my homework right i i overslept um my 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 grandma's in the hospital i had to go visit her. think of all the excuses and now the latest one here is the excuse that uh this girl gave to the anti-doping uh, agency which is that her grandpa takes the drug and it was in a glass near her, and somehow it transferred from the glass into her enough so that it would be measurable when she took the, the test for the drug. Okay? And this is the argument that held sway with the International Olympic Committee? It worked. It worked. Yeah, well, it's yeah. the old, you can't prove she's lying. She may have been, yeah. Now, uh, so here's, here's what this uh, reads. This is so good. Her attorney claimed the 15-year-old accidentally took it through a contaminated product, was the product. Oh, they always uh, do that. Right. The, uh, the lawyer argued the drug belonged to her grandfather who takes it for heart issues. There can be completely different ways of how it got into her body. For yeah. example, her grandfather drank something from a glass. Saliva got in, and the glass was somehow later used by the 
athlete. If there's one thing that 15 year old girls are fastidious about, yeah. it's not drinking out of grandpa's glass that he left on the table. I'm just and speaking uh, again, as a former 15 year old girl. And, but, not be, and not to be fastidious about the facts on this one, but you know what the concentration in the old man's saliva would have had to be? Right. <laughs> it would have been, holy shit. Which, you've right. got to be joking me. You've got to be right. kidding me that this worked. Right. But, but not, well, uh, obviously it, it wasn't going to matter what she said. They were going to accept it and, and, and really? give this kid a, a pass on this. Um, because again, if we start arguing the merits of the the argument, you know, we I think we've lost the yeah, but we've lost the case. It, it, it just factually can't be true. I mean, I would have appreciated it more if they would have the Olympic Committee would have said an alien came down from space and violated her anally, and somehow that's how it got into her system. I would have been like, okay, now we're talking. Now we got a good story. This grandpa drank from the glass, and I got mono. This shit, that, that, that ain't working for me. At least they would have had some inventiveness or something. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's just insanity to me. Now, I, wait a minute. Hang on. I, I forgot. Shouldn't there be a, a right-wing attack on this story from this angle? The Russians are doing this to take your, your uh, emphasis off of the fact they're trying to take over Ukraine. It's a distraction. What do you think? But wait, the right-wingers are like, I don't care about them taking over Ukraine. There's no distraction needed. We're... We're willing to let uh, Putin walk. Isn't that the Tucker Carlson thing? Is let him walk in, greet him with flowers and candy, right? Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's. I don't know if they're still that, of of that mind. I, I think he's. I mean, I think I they've told him to that. shut up a little bit about that, but I think that's still his. What do we care? By the way, I just think. I just think this should be brought to light. Now it's not over. How do you not? paint that as a victory in some way with Putin pulling back some troops from the Ukraine border. How do you not paint that as a victory for Joe, Joe Biden? Again, this dementia-filled I, I wouldn't. Skip this, the dementia-filled seems to have at least for the recent memory, he seems to have lost a show or one rather, a showdown with Putin. No, I would not. I would not for one second declare anything a victory for anybody here. What what do you think Putin does every time? He does this shtick over and over again. He makes you think that by pulling back one-tenth of the uh, entire uh, number of troops, moving them around, that he's uh, somehow backing down. Meantime, who knows? He could be launching cyber. I believe they already did launch some oh, cyber against Ukraine yeah. today. Yeah. Um, the worst thing, the worst thing that could happen right now is for Democrats and Joe Biden to do some kind of victory dance over this. The, the, this is where you say this is a good thing, but it doesn't mean anything until we get a deal, until Putin agrees to do what needs to be done. We can continue to speak. And this is better than adding more troops, but I, you don't go, you can't go any farther than that. This is not about how many how many uh, uh, good victories can we get in the press for Joe Biden at, at this moment. It means nothing. It, it I think at you're least wrong. Be acknowledged wrong. that it's, this is this is good news for America, which is always bad news for Republicans. That's uh, that. I don't. It, 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 I wouldn't even do that. Again. I wouldn't even play that card right now. It's too early. It, Wait. It's, it's not even. It, it's not even the end of it. I know we've got a long way to go in this thing, but there's got to be some sort of acknowledgement that this is this is a this is a heading in the right direction. Now, again, like you say, tomorrow, 
he may pull out some sort of neutron bomb and destroy Kiev, and that'll be levels it to the ground. Right, and, that, and then Brit, and then Brit, what 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 video would get played forever if that happened? It would be Joe um, Biden saying, "This is a good thing." Yes, right, no, exactly. Eminem and Eminem and Dr. Dre defiling your children yeah. at the Super Bowl. That's yeah. the video that would get played over and over again. Uh, right. The Sandy Hook families have reached a historic seventy-three million dollars settlement with Remington. Brad, this was uh, the first time a gun manufacturer faced liability in a mass shooting. So it's very interesting that they should get a, a $73 million settlement and that that number should be out there for everybody to see. Uh, of course, the, the family has been harassed, been told that everything was a lie completely by a lot of the folks who uh, support Donald John Trump and your QAnon folks and all this horse shit, saying that these were crisis actors. And then always my favorite, always my favorite is that when Obama went up there, the people who staged this quote-unquote fake bullshit, they forgot and used the same kids, and they hugged Barack Obama backstage, Brad, so you can see the actual kids that are supposed to be dead. Because the people who set this thing up, they're too stupid. They're too stupid to get new actors, and they just have the same children hugging Barack Obama. That yeah. that happened. I mean, it, it's hard to remember all of this bullshit. I'm going through that, that, that Peter's, uh, the book about, uh, the insurgency, right? I'm going through that whole thing. And he does a very good job of going through the Tea Party and all of the bullshit that Barack Obama had to face during his presidency. And a lot of stuff that you you and I have washed this out of our memory because it was just a stack of bullshit. But you'll recall that one of the first things that they did early in 2009, after Barack Obama newly sworn in, Barack Obama by video is going to address America's school children, Brad. You remember this, don't you? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. What, tell everybody well, what I, happened to I, I believe I would call in America. Yes, I don't want him talking to my children. I don't want I, him near my kids, right? I do not want this Negro preaching his socialism to my children. I am pulling my kids out of school and we're going to the zoo that day, right? That's what happened in 2009 when Barack, and by the way, the stuff that he said was so dangerous. The message that he had was so dangerous. It was. Listen to your teachers and do your homework. I mean, it's some of the most destructive stuff. Can if, you imagine something awful yeah. like that coming out of Donald Trump's mouth? Uh, by the way, if I recall, uh, it was poignant. It was well-crafted. It was sensitive. It, it was all the things you would want someone to say. Right. So, and here, yeah. Here's the thing. After he, after he talked to the children, none of the children took up guns and tried to storm the Capitol and kill people after he talked to them, after he addressed a, a, a large group of yeah, people. He talked them down. <laughs> but that's yeah, he, one he, of the... <laughs> he pre-talked them down, which was that's, a nice trick. That's just one of the opening salvos that we faced in 2009, which is, if you, again, as you look back now, you see it as a stepping stone. You go, oh, that's almost quaint. Compared to the shit that they do now, oh, that's almost a, that's almost a real reserved reaction. But it was complete and total racism, as it was, as were many, many, many of the attacks that he faced during those eight years. And mm -hmm. he handled it in a way that nobody else could have handled it. I mean, I think that's why he goes every year when they do those presidential surveys of the great presidents, he rises. Because people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I was told that he was he was a piece of shit. But as time has gone on, he really hasn't been a piece of shit. It's so weird. It's so odd, right? Well, uh, of course, except for the fact that uh, no president 
has uh, ever made more money or exploited the office of the presidency more than uh, Barack Obama after leaving office. No, no one that I can think of. Can you think of anyone? I can't think of anyone. Yeah, it's those uh, it's those those chains or those, those those hats. He's been selling them and marketing them way up. And I think it's terrible. Yeah. Obama University. Yeah. Obama University needs to be shut down. They're just ripping well, the, people off. Well, the, the, this is the funny thing. And I'm, I'm just thinking about this. You know, Obama and I think Hillary Clinton and Bill, they all and, and even George W. Bush, I think, when, when they've made speeches, they get paid pretty well. Sure. For for showing up. A lot of money. Um, and Trump doesn't do that. Right. Yeah. He doesn't give speeches. Of course, he's not capable of giving a speech because all he is capable of is having a rally, which is, you know, a, an hour and a half grievance fest of insanity. So who would pay to see Donald Trump? And the answer, I think we must know, is hardly anybody. Yeah. And and in the capitalistic free market system, when you think of that's very often thought of. That's the measure. How how much are you willing to pay to to see someone? Why do you know how much are you willing to pay to see the Super Bowl? I'm willing to pay a lot because I really really want to see it. Donald Trump, he gives it away, and then he goes small on charging for you know the tchotchkes and the the, the crap and the uh, the phony email solicitations. Yeah. Uh, that, that that come through. I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't gotten one for for a couple months. They, I hardly ever see them, but I know they're going out all the time. Yeah. Right. They, they must still be. Yeah. You know, still raising they money. Stop. Then I don't know if he's using yeah. constant contact or what he's using, but yeah, that shit goes out all the time. Right. But but just as a general principle, the words of Donald Trump somehow crafted in some kind of organized way, which is a, a complete oxymoron sentence right it just it made no sense they're worthless yeah his thoughts are worthless as opposed to you know other other people who get paid very very nicely very very well even if by the way they may be saying the same things they've said in public or or, or things of that sort we know how that works um but i, I, don't, I don't know I don't, I don't know where we're gonna where we're going to uh, end up with that whole that whole dynamic there of him continuing to make money, right? It's going into a pile. He's got you know more than a hundred million dollars socked away, and for what? Uh, he's out there endorsing candidates who are the most subservient and suck upish to him all over the country. Uh, he can't say publicly at all that he's running because once he does that the whole thing around fundraising changes he can't do what he's doing so he has to play the game if you, you want to consider donald trump playing any games of I, not i still see these endorsements I, I think these endorsements are going to be for sale if they're not already i got i got to say there's a price tag when it when you want when a candidate wants him to endorse them there's got to be like you i need this package you got to pay me this money in order to get it because that's all he's Boy. got left to sell. And, you know, I, I was thinking as you were saying that about, you know, these corporate speeches and no corporation really wants to be associated with Donald Trump because it's just toxic. You know, when they would have these things and they would come to your town and they were called leadership conferences and you'd have all these celebrities and stuff by yeah, Colin Powell. 
Yeah, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani sure. was on that that that, that group. Of, that Can you group imagine of what a what a fuckface version Donald Trump could come up with? It's like Ted Nugent, Donald Trump, John Voight. These are going to be uh, people. The My Pillow guy. They're all going to Mark Lindell. Obviously, there's your there's your star. You're going to get him up there. They're going to tell you how to fire up your sales team and get your management team in gear for the ne- for the fiscal year and all of this horse shit. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be fantastic if they did some horse shit like that yeah Corey lewandowski i want to hear what he has to say <laughs> some of these great business titans coming in there like mike lindell he's going to yeah. show you how to fire up that sales team right right oh we ready ready lou holtz <laughs> the great lou holtz, <laughs> lou he's, holtz. In the, he's in the house that's fantastic yeah i mean you just tr- just try to think of all the famous people who've thrown in with with trump over the years Put them together and have them go around and do one of those fake motivational speaking tour bits to yeah. motivate you to to be all that you can be, right? All, all, all that you, Mike Flynn, oh, right? General geez. Flynn, yeah, great, yeah. great moments in leadership. Steve right. General Flynn's son, General Flynn's son, <laughs> Steve Bannon on how to communicate effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ba- Bannon's a good communicator. I can't take that away from him. Not, what he communicates is is dreadful, but but he he's, he's a good talker. He's able to do it. There's there's no doubt about that. It, Charlie like Bannon, Kirk. Bannon, Bannon would show you the slideshow of how Hitler was able to get it done. Right. This is how great Hitler was. Look what Hitler does here. <laughs> 